Hey, ladies, ladies, and gentlemen, dailies. Do you want to save money, have fun, and be satisfied? Well, Adam and Eve and iRewatch iCarly are here for you. Get 50% off a new toy, lube, or almost anything else you desire. Simply use IRIC at checkout to claim your discount. You'll also get three bonus items and six movies for free on top of free shipping. What? It doesn't matter what you choose, all will be packaged and sent to you discreetly. This is an exclusive offer specific to the I Rewatch iCarly podcast, so be sure to support us by using code IRIC at checkout when you shop at adamandeve.com. Have fun and you're welcome. You probably already know this, but three out of four Americans are dehydrated. That's 75% of us. Dehydration can cause fatigue, brain fog, wrinkles, and a whole slew of other things. I hate butt chugging water and running to the bathroom every five minutes, and I'm so happy that there's an easier way to hydrate. Liquid IV uses breakthrough science of cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. Just add the non-GMO electrolyte powder to your water and let CTT do the rest. And even better, our listeners get 25% off plus free shipping when using code iRewatchiCarly or the link in our episode description. Stay sexy and hydrated. Five, four, three, two. Hi, I'm Natalie. Hi, I'm Cersei, and we're iRewatch iCarly. An iCarly rewatch podcast. Every week, we dissect the mechanics and themes of each episode, deep dive into the cast and crew, and give a comedic critique to, to the, the iconic, iconic 2007 Nickelodeon staple. Be sure to stay tuned until the end when we reveal who the pod babe of the week is. Natalie, I'm going to be honest. I have not been able to stop thinking about iCarly since we started watching it. I know, same. It's literally all I think about. I sleep, breathe, eat iCarly. <laughs> it's crazy. Like last night, like literally visions of iCarly were like playing in my head <laughs> and I was just so excited to talk about it. Like this show is like so unhinged. It and is. I I already told you that I had a I had an SEX dream uh-huh. about Spencer. Uh, yes, and you need to go to jail because of it, honestly. I mean, it's, I I feel like that is the least jailable offense in regards to having a sex dream about a cast member from iCarly. Okay, that's true. He is the only one that is of age, so that's fair. Yeah, he's an adult. That's I'm fair. not a creep. He's an adult. I mean, uh, you're still kind of a creep, but not a pedophile, <laughs> so that's good. All right. <laughs> Speaking of pedophiles, this show was created by one. <laughs> What a great segue to talking about Dan Schneider. <laughs> Woo! So iCarly was created by Dan, Dan Schneider, who also created Victoria's, Zoe 101, Drake and Josh, The Amanda Show, tons of other things. Um, but we're just focusing on iCarly. Mm-hmm. And iCarly is based in Seattle, where Carly lives with her brother Spencer, who's a 26-year-old artiste. The show centers around Carly and her two best friends, Sam and Freddie, as they start a web show that becomes an instant hit, of course. It follows their new lives as internet stars while going to Ridgeway Middle School and all of their crazy 2007 troubles. Emphasis on 2007, because the show (laughs) is like 
so like so obviously dated because it was like so trendy at the time yes like some things you go back and watch and it's like what what decade it this is like specifically 2007 yes you can pick it out um, so easily yes uh nickelodeon has since distanced themselves from dan schneider um he like officially sort of stopped working or like stopped collaborating at nickelodeon in 2018 yeah and then his last show that he created and was the um, head writer for um, ended in 2019. Like, the season ended in 2019. Oh. And they, they don't plan on, like, working with him anymore. And they said it was, like, purely professional. Like, just, oh, his projects are coming to a close. His right. last two weren't very successful. Like, I read what they were and I already forgot what they were. I have never heard of them. <laughs> and, um, but a lot of people think that it's because, like, his... Uh, general creepiness and sexual proclivity to child actors um, is, like, what made it, like, apparent that he needed to not work at Nickelodeon anymore. Right. Like, of course they're going to give their blanket, you know, oh, it's just professional kind of statement. They probably don't want to actually say anything about it. But you kind of... We'll get into it a little bit more when we talk about each specific episode, too. But you can really see... Dan Schneider's creepiness in everything that he produces and creates. It's it's bad. Yes, and unfortunately, Jeanette McCurdy, like, sort of experienced the brunt of, like, his abuse on set, and she was having just, like, a miserable time on iCarly. She, like, says that she, like, did not enjoy it at all. Wow. And that's why she's not going to be on the reboot, because she, she's, she like, completely, like, stepped away from acting, and now she just writes and produces. Yeah. And she has a, um, she has a podcast, which I can't remember the name of, but please forgive me, I'm drinking a White Claw, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that definitely makes a lot more sense why she doesn't want to be on the reboot either. She probably doesn't want to bring back all of those bad memories from handling and and dealing with all of that while she was on the original show yes her podcast is called empty inside and it she really discusses like a bunch of like deep issues that she's experienced like she had an eating disorder when she was working with dan schneider she posted this vine like back in like i think like 2015 Mm -hmm. where like she was dressed up sort of as amanda Bynes and was like look what you did to me dan schneider oh my god um and the person like creating it is someone the the reboot he's someone who has worked with dan schneider in the past so even though dan schneider isn't going to be on set it's definitely someone who like yes still connected with him and everything yeah Huh. Well, that Um, makes a lot of sense. But speaking of Jeanette McCurdy, so (laughs) the main cast of iCarly is Sam, Carly, Spencer, and Freddie. Jeanette McCurdy plays Sam. Miranda Cosgrove plays Carly. Jerry Trainer plays Spencer. And Nathan Kress plays Freddie. So that's our main stuff about iCarly. And unfortunately, Gibby is not in the first season of iCarly. Yeah. Or he barely is. Uh, or at least not in the very beginning. So he's not yeah. the main cast yet. But there's other there's other people who are main cast. Like, we'll talk about, um, once we get into this episode, about some of the teachers who become main characters. But Carly, Spencer, Sam, and Freddie are, are the four main characters throughout the entire show. So it was yes. definitely important information to start off with them. But now we're going to talk about 
the iPilot episode, which is the specific first premiere episode of iCarly. So iPilot aired at 8.30 p.m. Saturday, September 8th, 2007. Kind of strangely close to an anniversary of 9-11, which a little suspect if you ask me. <laughs> that is a little <laughs> suspicious, honestly. Dan Schneider might have been onto something. <laughs> <laughs> but it premiered with 4.1 million viewers. Wow. Natalie, were you one of those 4.1 million viewers? Oh, absolutely. Like, I have been obsessed with iCarly since day one. I was probably 4 million of those 4.1 million viewers. <laughs> I loved this damn show. <laughs> okay, well, I'm getting my guillotine because apparently you're the 1%. You're part of the 1%. Who still had cable after the 2007 stock market crash. Okay, barely, barely did I have cable, but still, it's fine. Okay, well, I never had it. <laughs> I had it for two years in high school, uh, and then it was taken away again. Well, this is awkward. Sorry you couldn't yeah, so experience it. <laughs> think before you pour shame. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, you know? I had a great childhood with my cable, and, okay, um, 1%. We get it. We get it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Anyway. iPilot. Oh, go I for pilot it. iPilot was... Yeah, I am going for it. Shut <laughs> up, poor shamer. iPilot was directed by Steve Hofer, who also directed Drake and Josh, Zoe 101, Victorious, and all of that. And we also have some big stars in this show. Not Miranda Cosgrove. Mrs. Briggs, <laughs> who plays one of the teachers, Mindy Sterling, is... She's Linda Schwartz in the Goldbergs, and she was Frau Farbacina in the Austin Power movies, which I, like, vaguely remember, but I haven't seen them in adulthood. And she was also, like, a part of the Groundlings Theater Company, which is, like, a very prestigious comedy troupe. Right. And um, if you don't know who the Groundlings are... I don't. Um, well, they... They're, like, people who, like, get on SNL. It's, like, really prestigious. Kristen Wiig was on it. Um, Chris Parnell, Will Forte, Will Ferrell, Maya Rudolph, Melissa McCarthy, uh, Conan O'Brien, Dak Shepard, Tyra. Tyra's a comedian. I didn't know that. Right. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, J.J. Abrams. Um, a ton of And, people. oh, also Jennifer Coolidge, who you might know as, and now I want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> and then Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> I practiced. <laughs> And then Lisa Kudrow, who is um, Phoebe from Friends, and Angela Kinsey, who is Angela on The Office. Anyway, just to name a few, just yeah. to show you that this is like a very like esteemed actress, and I think that that's really relevant because she truly, this random mean teacher, gives like the best performance on iCarly. And um, Dan Schneider, although we hate him, he did give the direction to his actors um, to like do something new every single take. And none of them took that direction. Wow. Only Mindy did. Trash. And I think it's really Mindy. obvious. <laughs> These <laughs> child actors, trash. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely see it's crazy because, like, even though she's not maybe a, a main character, she is a main character in her own way because she's in almost every single episode. But she's not one of the core four that we talked about earlier. But she's still just captivates you in every single scene that she's in like you can tell that she's a seasoned actress yeah and another and main character oh sorry 
You can go ahead. <laughs> You're so go sweet. Ahead. Thanks. I was going to say, <laughs> the other main character that we kind of get to meet here is Principal Franklin, who's Tim Russ, and he was actually uh, Tuvok in Star Trek, and I don't really watch Star Trek, but I thought that was, a lot of people would maybe know that. And then a random thing is for all of my Sharknado fans out there. <laughs> He was General Gottlieb. All of them. <laughs> All like All of the people. Sharknado fans. <laughs> yeah, that's a very critically acclaimed movie. Um, better than Star Trek, I think, in my opinion. So, controversial take part one with Natalie here. All right, podcast canceled. <laughs> it's going to keep happening here. We're going to keep having really controversial takes, so that is only the beginning. But pretty much the general information for the iPilot episode is that we're introduced to Carly, who's a young teenager in 8th grade at the time, who lives in Seattle. Her friend Freddie accidentally leaks a video of her and her best friend Sam on the internet, and then they decide to create an online web show because of it. So that's just that some general sounds- stuff. That sounds way more provocative than it is. <laughs> like, her friend accidentally leaks a video of her on the internet. <laughs> Like, okay, I Carly, I only fans, babe. Right. Okay, Kim K, we're, we're see it. <laughs> Carly Shay did it first. Ray J's song, I did it first, is about Carly. <laughs> uh, okay, so I let's like get into... Wrong. No... Okay, it's a little bit wrong because she's a child at the time, so... But she's an adult now, so... so retroactively. It's, it's, it's a joke. Uh-huh. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Let's get into specific plot stuff about iPilot. So the episode starts with Principal Franklin at his desk in his office laughing about... We can, we can only see it as a piece of paper right now, but we find out later that it's the picture that Carly is getting in trouble for. Okay, but also, this man, this Principal Franklin, is literally Obama. Like, yes. there's no way around it. No. He, like, the actor is not doing, like, an Obama impression, Tim Russ, but, like, the candor of his voice is, like, it's, like, slight Obama. Absolutely. Like, and- it's very, like, I Carly. You and your friends should not have done this. Like, he's, like, Obamaing his voice. Yeah, it's, like, it's like very punctual and then, like, super caring, too. Like, he's, like, the nice principal, you know, hashtag hope, all of that. <laughs> I don't think hashtags even existed in 2007. But, so this aired in 2007, which means it was probably filming... In early 2007, so Obama probably did, like, have his candidacy out there. Well, yeah, because he was elected in 2008, so he would have been running at the time that this yeah. was airing. And, like, I forget just how beloved Obama was. Like, people loved him. Yes. He was, like, revered back then. Yes. Yes. And I think that this is the beginning of iCarly's political leanings towards the left. Yes. Which 
is really nice in theory. <laughs> and then you remember that the show's creator is still a pedophile and Nickelodeon still let this air with this creepy man running it all. And it sort of takes away from the coolness of being like, woo, left media. Um, yeah, just like a little bit at least, you know, you, you kind of have to yeah. remember all that. It's like just salt, a little bit of salt in the sugar, but... Oh, did you notice? I noticed something. What'd you notice? Tell me. Okay, so uh, Principal Franklin has his, like, little um, diploma, his, like, college diploma in the background, and uh-huh. guess what school he went to? What school? He went to Nebraska State University. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so freaking random. Also, She said Nebraska, Nebraska represent. Yes. <laughs> Our lady, our lady and what are you wearing, white over white. here, lives in Lincoln, Nebraska, middle of nowhere. We love that for her. Um, we don't love that for me is the thing. Like, we we don't. I don't, I don't claim them until something random like that pops up and I'm like, yeah, Nebraska check. Like, <laughs> but that's still pretty cool. <laughs> okay, so then after Miss Briggs walks in and Carly follows her and this is the first time that we meet Carly there's like a random <laughs> woo and clap track they're like woo like it's like, it's like, like it's, as if she's like I was like well why are they wooing for her because there's like this fake studio audience which it's not it's a track right and I'm like who the, who are they wooing for like this is a literal child and then I remember that she was like riding the wave of Drake and Josh fame yeah because I forgot. Megan Megan <laughs> Megan was like such a revered character that like Miranda Cosgrove really was that girl and she was also in um a movie that my friend's older sibling was in School of Rock so she like had oh. like Hollywood clout I forgot that you had that, like, random connection there. She said, just a plug. Yeah. <laughs> I, I walked into my friend's basement in high school, and there was just, like, wall-to-wall posters of School of Rock. And I was like, really big fan, huh? <laughs> and she was like, oh, my older sibling was in the movie. And, like, they had a pretty big role. And I was like, holy shit, I love that movie. And then I met her sibling once, and they were really nice. And now they're on TikTok, so. Huh. Anyway. Moving um, back But on. also... <laughs> moving straight along so Carly walks in and she gets wooed like she's literally Jesus like the second coming of Christ walking in the room everyone's like praise Praise Carly Shay yes like I can't this is so bad well I mean honestly I relate because I Carly kind of is my new religion I live and breathe I Carly I did say I also live and breathe I Carly so you're right maybe Maybe Miranda Cosgrove is the second coming of Christ. Maybe we're on to something here. But Spencer Shea is definitely some kind of deity. <laughs> we actually pray to Spencer Shea here at the podcast. Gibby is like the patron saint of nudity. <laughs> He's the patron saint of fertility, is Gibby. <laughs> <laughs> pray to Gibby that you'll be fertile. God, this is so bad. The Christians are going to cancel us, seriously. No, the Christians should be thanking us because this is the most relevant the Catholic Church has been since Twilight, so they should appreciate it. They should appreciate the iCarly shout-out. Okay, I guess, I guess you're not wrong there. And then here's your, your Twilight podcast plug, of course. So <laughs> I have 
have a podcast where I talk about Twilight and Mormonism and the historical relevance of Twilight. Yeah, she had anyway. to get that in there, but okay. Yeah, maybe. I, actually, I wasn't going to bring it up. You brought it up, so thanks for the plug. You're welcome. I have to give you that free promo, you know? <laughs> okay, so getting back to the episode, of course. After Miss Briggs and Carly walk in, Carly's in trouble because she photoshopped. Uh, Which, no, she didn't photoshop. She photo docked. Okay. Like one of those, those iCarly universe isms that like aren't real things, but you can tell what they're based off right. of. So she photo docked. Okay. She photo docked. Oh, and this brings us to our first, um, our first little thing to tick off of the iCarly bingo. Oh, for the bingo. Yes. Yeah, so I have an iCarly, like, a bingo thing. Our first episode, Bingo. So we're following along here, making sure that we tick off anything to see if we get bingo during this episode. Yes, and it's totally random. I just did it. So we don't know if we'll win this episode, but so fake brands and websites inspired by real things. I think we can go ahead and give that a tick. All right, tick that one off. (laughs) Okay, so Carly is in trouble because she photodocks Briggs onto the body of a rhino and then puts them as flyers around the school. And then Principal Franklin is like, oh, it's a hippo. And then Briggs and Carly (laughs) both start explaining to Franklin that, like, the difference between a hippo and a rhino, which is... Like, it was literally (laughs) just, like, the dictionary definition of, like, the differences between them. Yes. And And that was the (laughs) punchline. Yeah, and the laugh track goes wild. And this is just peak 2000s, like early 2000s humor. It's just so over-explanatory. Like, it's it's funny because it's obvious and doesn't need to be explained, but they're explaining it anyway. Like, they do this the yeah. entire season. It's, it's real. I think it's the entire series. It's right. really just like... Like, a huge component of the humor is just, like, restating obvious things in a very, like, earnest way. Yes. Like, pretending like you're not being annoying or weird. And also, this brings us to cross off yet another thing on the oh, bingo. Oh. Punchline is a dictionary definition of a word. <laughs> Look at that. We're not even a minute into the first episode. We've already got two crossed off. <laughs> We're starting off strong. <laughs> Okay, so then because she's in trouble, they want to call her dad to, like, talk about it. And then Franklin says that uh, her dad is in the military and he's stationed in Europe. And so cue Spencer Spencer being introduced as, like, the... Spencer. (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) Spencer being introduced as the adult, like, in charge of her. And Briggs is like, oh, yeah, the artist, and is, like, rolling her eyes. And Carly's like, he's a great artist. So we already see Carly kind of standing up for her brother because they're, they're, like, making fun of him for not having a career, I guess. But also, I think this is another instance of, like, the subtle leftist takes where, like, I feel like funding the humanities and stuff like that is, like, a huge, like, leftist idea and, like, not necessarily having, like, a utilitarian career. Um, So, yeah, another one of those. I can't really give props to Dan Schneider because I kind of hate him and he's a creepy weirdo. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Yeah. Leftism and iCarly. We're talking about it. (laughs) We will go there. (laughs) Here's, like, a small... We're not afraid. (laughs) 
small caveat for any time that we uh, compliment Dan Schneider. He is creepy, and we do not endorse anything else that he does, but some things we must give him credit for in this po- in this podcast and series. Well, let's pretend like everything good about iCarly is from other people and not him. Yeah, okay, let's do that. But there's a little caveat. So we everybody knows that we don't like Dan Schneider, and we don't have to bring it up again because we know we know he's a piece of shit yeah he's disgusting pedophilia in child media is like literally an epidemic it happens all the time it happens a lot with these like big production companies and that's not a joke we're gonna make jokes about other things but pedophilia that's not a joke right (laughs) you heard it here first folks (laughs) i just ended pedophilia (laughs) me pedophilia is not a joke also me (laughs) i just ended pedophilia (laughs) Oh my god, I'm moving on. I'm moving on before we get canceled anymore. No, let's go back to the pedophilia for a minute. <laughs> no! Okay, so Briggs is tasked to come up with a punishment for Carly. So to do this, she puts Carly in charge of videotaping the talent show auditions for her this Saturday. Carly doesn't want to do it because she's going to go see Cuttlefish, which is like a fake band that exists in the Carly verse here. It's their favorite band. And uh, she was going to go see them play that day. And then they have another fight about Hippo versus Rhino. And then the scene ends. And then we cut into the theme song, Miss Iconic. Into the epic banger. Yes. That is fucking, what's it called? Uh, Leave It All to Me. Wow. A bop. A bop, 100%. And like, little, why does it go that hard? I, that why? Is, I would love to know. Like, we have... Oh, I know why it goes that hard. Tell us who's in the background vocals. I will tell you. <laughs> the background vocals <laughs> are Drake Bell. He's in the damn song. Like, that's iconic. He was like, I will give Wait. my little sister Megan <laughs> some help on her little... Megan. <laughs> on her new theme song, and we're going to make it a bop. And that they did. <laughs> Okay, also, didn't Drake Bell get canceled on Twitter, like, a few years ago? Yeah, well, so, apparently, that his his ex-girlfriend came out with abuse allegations, I think. Um, I'm not sure all of the details, but that's all I vaguely know. So, he did get canceled. He did also change his last name to Campania, which is Bell in Spanish, and now he's trying to be, like, a Spanish music star. Literally, I'm so serious. <laughs> like, is he... Like, he's white. He's, yes. like, Caucasian. Absolutely. Like, 100%. But he sings in Spanish now. He, like, learned Spanish, changed his last name, and is, like, a Spanish star. But this song <clears throat> slaps. <laughs> it does. Um, we're... We're just over here, like, appreciating the art of abusers. I'm going to cancel us right now. I know. It's it's bad. It's bad. But, okay, so the song Leave It All To Me was written by Michael Corcoran, um, who was in Drake Bell's band, and he wrote other songs for, like, Victoria's Drake and Josh, Shake It Up, like, a bunch of other Nickelodeon shows, too. Leave It All To Me peaked at number 100 on the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> It was that when was, you barely make it. <laughs> yeah, that was its that was its peak. Was at number one hundred, and it was Miranda Cosgrove and Drake Bell's first Hot One Hundred hit. And it only <laughs> it, listen, it only lasted one week on the chart. 
at number 100. <laughs> this is like the musical equivalent of like C's get degrees. Yes. Like, yeah, I was on the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> oh, what number were you? 100. <laughs> For a week. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, podcast challenge. Let's get Leave It All to Me back on the Billboard 100. <laughs> get it trending. <laughs> Also, we have mutual notes about, like, what we're going to talk about. And before we get into this next thing, I do just want to say cyberbullying is real. Oh, And it should be taken seriously. And I'm about to experience it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to save it for later because now you're going to, you're going to tell everybody what's happening. This is the only place where it makes sense. So go Uh, ahead and bully me. Okay, I'm gonna bully her. She's gonna act like the victim. I'm crucifying myself right now. I'm Jesus. (laughs) Oh my god. Here we go again. Now she's Jesus. Okay. I am. I'm sacrificing myself for entertainment purposes. Ugh. Cue the violin. (laughs) Anyway, so part of the lyrics of the theme song is live life breathe air and I'm hiding behind my hand right now (laughs) I'm not looking she was at my house and she goes wait so also I have like I watch tv with the subtitles this will be important throughout the rest of the episode too but she sees the subtitles say live life breathe air and she's like wait are those the lyrics and I'm like yeah and she goes I thought it was live life prevair Prevair, a not even a legitimate word. And so I asked her to define it, and she starts defining the word prevail. And I'm looking at her like, girl, that's that's straight up not a word. Like, you are mixing the two up. Like, she talks about how she's a writer, you know, this and that. And she I literally have a degree. Yes. And she I have a degree in English. Prevail. So that was me cyberbullying Cersei as she deserved it. Well, in my defense, prevair is a word Uh, in French. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. It's a word in French, and I know French, and I get confused easily. Okay? Okay. Sure. I never claim to be literate, okay? (laughs) I mean, you literally do. You have a degree. So you do claim to be literate. What did I say before? C's get degrees, okay? Okay, okay. I got straight A's, but that doesn't mean I'm <laughs> literate, okay? Okay. Also, another point to point out is that in the intro video, there's Sam and Carly wiggling their toes. So this is like the first toe sighting that we see, and um, it's not of a clip that you see in the first episode. It's just in the intro video, but it's, it's like unnecessary. Like, it's, it's not like a main thing. It's because Dan Schneider has a foot fetish and brings children into that arena, probably yeah. for his pleasure, entertainment, general creepiness. Yeah, it's it's really fucked up. We are king shaming him not because he likes feet, feet, but because he brings fight. Oh my not god! Not because he likes fight. <laughs> Cersei, cyberbullying is an issue. Also, Cersei <laughs> proceeds to cyberbully me. <laughs> Anyway, we're kink shaming him because he brings children into his kink and the public, and that's not okay without consent. So. Yeah. Foot fetishes are valid. You're allowed to be sexually attracted to feet as long as those feet belong to a consenting. What's the opposite of a minor? A major? (laughs) An adult? Listen, I never said I was literate. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So let's get into the episode after the intro video. 
So the first thing that we see after the intro is Sam pushing a kid into a locker because he called her aggressive. Mm-hmm. And Sam goes, what am I? <laughs> and the kid goes, pretty and sweet, which, yeah, no, she's not. And <laughs> Okay, well, first yeah, of all. Yeah, she's pretty, she's um, pretty, sorry, but she, she's not sweet. She's sweet in her own way. I take yes. offense to this because I identify as Sam. <laughs> I'm a Sam. And I'm the kid getting shoved in the locker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we've discussed. We, me and Natalie haven't known each other. Um, we've only known each other in adulthood. But if we did go to high school or grammar school together, I would fully have bullied her. Absolutely. Like, I would have full-blown trauma from what Cersei would have put me through as a child. It would have been bad. <laughs> But, okay, so then Carly comes Cyber in. Cyberbullying is serious, but in real life bullying, it's just fun and games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Carly comes in through the front door. She pulls Even though Sam. she was just in the principal's office. Yeah, no, it doesn't. How oh, did she come in through the front door? A lot of things don't make sense, so we're going to have to, like, put that out there now. Is that we're not messing this up. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> So she pulls Sam by her hair and yells at her because she apparently took the blame for Sam for the flyers and Sam was going to get expelled if she got in trouble. So Carly says to like stop doing bad stuff. Sam goes chillax, which is such a 2007 word too. And then Carly's like, no, because now she has to miss the cuttlefish show and do the auditions. So she's like, yeah, you're joining me now because this is your fault. And she's like, Anybody but me would have punched you in the head. And Sam's like, yeah, well, that's why you're my best friend. And Carly's like, good. Now, why are you mine? <laughs> and they both storm off. And Sam's like, because I'm a lovable person. And then shoves the poor kid in the locker again. <laughs> I feel like this is so indicative of, like, how normalized shitty, shitty people were and shitty, shitty friendships were in, like, the mid-2000s. Yes. Like, I fully had friends who would, like, do shit like this. And, like, I was in friend groups where people would, like, steal from each other and shit like that. Right. And we were just like, YOLO, like, that's life. Yeah, that's just how it is. Like, it, it really is crazy because I definitely had friends just, like that, too. I need to iterate. When I said YOLO there, it was ironic. <laughs> Don't just say YOLO. That's a Anyway, lie. continue, Natalie. <laughs> it's always ironic. It is always ironic. But, yeah, pretty much I had friendships that were the same, too. And, like, this show just kind of shows that everybody thought it was totally fine to have people like that in your life. And it really was not okay. Like, that was messed up. And I think that as a person who identifies as Sam... <laughs> who now sees this as bad behavior. I think I have grown up a lot. I would never push someone into a locker. Mm-hmm. She would just bully them online. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. I once bullied someone on Yelp because they left, like, an overzealous review, and they were sort of mean to the employees. And I was like, where do you get off being mean to these minimum wage workers? What did they ever do to you? And then I got really paranoid that they would get sad, so Aww. I deleted it. Well, I mean, that's kind of warranted because we don't want people being mean to minimum wage workers yeah i never bullied shy quiet people i bullied people who bullied shy quiet people okay. i just want to iterate that all right that's fair that's fair i was just so gonna say we're you, gonna what i was gonna say you would bully belinda and i would bully you for bullying her 
I, I wouldn't bully Belinda, though. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're going to try to keep track of a few things on the podcast. One <laughs> of them is Sam being toxic. So that's going to be our first tick off for Sam being toxic on here. There's probably going to be a shit ton because it happens like every other scene. So, okay, after that, it cuts. Wait, I oh, have a few on the bingo counter. I'm a sorry. A few, a few. I think we're going to tick off Sam physically abuses someone. Oh, yes. Um, Sam emotionally abuses someone. Absolutely. And then um, noticing you stole a personality trait slash joke from this TV show. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> and then also Sam being a terrible friend. Oh, my God, there's so many. We're going to have bingo yeah, already. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I think that's it. That's it. End the episode. We have bingo. Just kidding. We don't, but <laughs> we're about to. We are we are two we are one away from bingo. Oh my goodness. Okay, so then the scene cuts to Carly at her apartment door. She drops like a water bottle, and now we're introduced to Freddie. So Freddie runs out, he lives right across the hall from her, and picks it up, gives it to her, and he's like, I was gonna walk you home, but I couldn't find you, which, creepy, and that he was looking through his peephole, waiting for her to get home. Really creepy. Also, just the word peephole makes me uncomfortable. Yes, it should not be a word. (laughs) (laughs) And Carly's, like, clearly uncomfortable with this, and she's like, listen, like, we can be friends or she says buds she's like we can be buds but like you have to get over this crush that you have and freddie says this iconic fucking line i'm in love with you and you just want to be friends and i'm cool with living in that constant pain and honestly i feel that like okay first of all i have so many things to say about this first of all freddie looks literally like seven years old yes he looks like he exited the womb Way after Miranda Cosgrove did. Miranda Cosgrove looks like she's in eighth grade, and he literally looks like a fourth grader. Yes. And he is, like, significantly shorter than her, even though, and this is a fun fact, he he only did this for the pilot episode. They put him in platform shoes to try to make him a little bit taller, and he still looked like a shrimp. He, he was a shrimp. so young and so small. And he was older than them. Like, Nathan Crest was older yes. than Miranda Cosgrove and all of them, too, which is crazy. He's, like, a whole year above them. And he quite literally looked like a minion. Yes. So, and then this also, like, this interaction is so telling of, still to this day, where, like, creepy boys are just in love with you and they don't get the hint that it's weird. And they mm-hmm. just kind of continue being creepy. Like, it's... It's really uncomfortable. And I also think this is a great example of, like, the friend zone. Yes. Where, like, a creepy guy's interested in you, and just to be nice, you say, let's stay friends, but you don't mean that. You right. really mean, get the fuck out of my life. I don't want you here. Yes. But she can't really do <laughs> and anything. And like... Because he, yeah. he lives right across the hall. Also, he looks like he's five, so who would want to hurt a five-year-old's feelings? <laughs> that's that's a great point, too. <laughs> okay. okay, so I think I can cross off Freddie Simps. <laughs> oh, yes. Boom. Okay, so then after Carly finally gets away from freaking Freddie and gets inside her apartment, she finds Spencer taking pics 
from the ceiling, hanging on the ceiling of this robot sculpture he made out of like soda bottles. And this is the first time we see Spencer. Like we had been introduced to him, but this is the first time we see him. Yeah, this is his character introduction and just old tech alert. Not to sound like (laughs) office ladies because they do that. They do like an old tech alert. But he's like holding this like handheld point and shoot that something that I used to own like the early 2000s. And it's making this like little like shoop like clicking noise like with a flash like and everything. (laughs) And it's just like. Okay, no one even owns those. I don't think they make those cameras anymore. I don't know. I think I still own mine from way back then, but I don't know if they make them anymore. Yeah, I think they only have, like, DSLRs, and then it's like, you have a smartphone, so why do you need, like, an okay quality camera? You know, you already have an okay quality one. Right. And then Carly says the worst piece of dialogue I've ever seen written out (laughs) on a script in my life. She says, if most 8th grade girls came home and found their 26-year-old brother dangling upside down on the ceiling over a giant robot made out of soda soda bottles, it'd be weird. (laughs) And it's like, like, do they think the audience is dumb? Yes. Like, they were like, okay, how do we tell them that this is her brother that we mentioned earlier, and how do we tell them that he's 26 years old and also that... He's goofy, and this is normal. It's like, if I submitted this, like, if I wrote this in a script and brought it to one of my Second City classes, or one of my college classes, because I also majored in creative writing, they would literally circle it and be like, info dump. Right. Delete. Reveal this information in a better way. But no. Nickelodeon said, leave it in, Dan Schneider. Leave it in. (laughs) I mean, so it is like a show for kids, but it kind of goes back to what we were saying, too, where it's like... It's the early 2000s humor, kind of, where they just, like, over-explain yeah. things. And it happens a lot. And that's the lot. punchline. Yeah, like, it's the punchline that it's just such an over-explanation that, it, that it's, like, not necessary. And, yeah, and they're, like, they're, like, Spencer's, like, not normal. And we've, the two times that we've been introduced to Spencer in this episode, both times they're, like, yeah, he's not normal. So they're really setting this up for him, that he's, like, yes. quirky. Which is also hilarious because Spencer is literally the blueprint. Right. (laughs) For every single man. (laughs) He is my dream man. Even though, like you said, he does look like a middle-aged lesbian. Oh, yes. Um, He is still a sexy middle-aged lesbian. (laughs) Which brings me to my next tick box, which is just sexy Spencer. (laughs) Yes, We still don't have bingo yet. Not yet. Spencer's just, like, sexy, period. He's just sexy in different ways every episode. Yes. An example of how he's sexy is so he falls, right? He falls from being hung on the ceiling. (laughs) Very sexy. But then he dislocates his shoulder when he falls. And Mm -hmm. then, instead of going to the doctor, he's like, nah, give me, like, one second. And he jumps back on the floor to relocate it. Like, <laughs> and what is that on? A 26-year-old not being allowed on his parents' health insurance anymore. Yes. It's crazy. That is definitely a leftist, I don't have health care take. Yes, because why spend that money that maybe he has, maybe he doesn't have, or it's not necessary to go to the doctor to just do something he can do at home? Like, it's like a full-blown leftist thing. And everyone knows that you can very simply readjust your shoulder by just body slamming it into the ground. (laughs) It's very simple. 
It's basic knowledge, honestly, and Spencer knows it. So, then after this, Carly, like, asks to borrow his camera for, to, so that she can tape those auditions, right? And Spencer's like, um, sorry, but I kind of, like, turned it into a squirrel sculpture, which, what the fuck, first of all. He's quirky. He's not like other older brothers. He's quirky. Right. And he's an artiste. So it all makes sense when you think about it. (laughs) And then, okay, so then the scene cuts and it's Carly walking into the school auditorium and then it pans to Freddie having this literal like full table of equipment set up with like spotlights, the pair laptop, which is in the Carly verse, the MacBook. And like also, a, I'm going to cross pair technology off of Bingo. Oh, another one. And he has another like a, one. a huge video camera, all this stuff. And Carly's like, uh, I just asked to borrow your video camera. To which Freddie says the worst thing in the world. <laughs> he looks Carly dead in the eye and says, well, what do you think about my equipment? <laughs> which is clearly sexual. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and, and just, who who the fuck cares? Like, truly, who cares except for, like, a nerdy What man. do you think of my equipment? <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine someone sent you a dick pic with the caption, what do you think of my equipment? <laughs> Men, take notes. Send dick pics now with that caption. <laughs> Actually, no, don't send dick, pic, dick pics at all. We don't like that. But if you do, send it with that caption. Caption it with what do you think of my equipment? <laughs> Okay, so I think I can cross sexual innuendo off of bingo. Yes. We don't have bingo yet? That's so many. N- no. Well, we have a lot. We have about 50% of the board crossed off, but we haven't gotten bingo yet. Okay, but we're close. We're close. We're close. Okay, so then Freddie starts, like, explaining all the equipment he brought, right? And he's, like, talking about this. And he's like, and I brought you orange juice and a bagel, which is on a platter with, like, a flower in a vase. Like, wh- why? Why? The equipment was more than enough, and now he has this whole, like, platter, too. It's weird. I feel like saying the equipment was more than enough is a euphemism for getting dick down. He also <laughs> did not need to get her breakfast. But I Just think that's the nice quit, thing to Freddy. do. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie's a gentleman. He stuck uh, around for breakfast. I okay? mean, is he? He's like, the, he's like the guy who lingers, like the one who doesn't get the hint that he should leave. <laughs> well, he is a child. Okay. But... But... I think it's cute that he brought her breakfast. I wish a man would bring me OJ and a bagel. Okay. Write this down, people. But, like, where where is he getting all this equipment from? Like, how, how does he okay, have well, the money for Okay, well, first of all, it's not the kind of equipment that you buy for a child who's interested in learning. Right. It's, like, quite literally, like, professional-grade stuff. Like... I would say he stole it from one of his parents, but we know that, like, his dad is missing. Relatable. Yeah. Me. Me energy. I'm, I'm actually Freddie, not Sam. And, well, I think Sam's dad is missing, too. There are no dads on the show. Yeah, there's no parents. Like, the only... Well, no, that's not true. Freddie's mom is in it, and then Spencer. Yeah. But, yeah, that's about it. But this... That camera, like, the type of camcorder he has, the ones that... Well, it... Like, it was back in the day, so it might have just been, like, an older, big thing. But, like, those, like, high-quality recording cameras are literally, like, at least 3000 or $4,000. Right. Not even talking about, like, the... The spotlight. Like, mics, the spotlights. Like, lights are expensive. They're a few hundred bucks. Like, where yes. is this coming from? And more importantly, why does a child have access to it? Yeah. 
Why, like, and, and how was his mom, who probably drove him to the school, being like, hey, here's all this stuff. Like, that man did not lug all that equipment to that school. So. Yeah, and Ubers did not exist before <laughs> you Gen Z people were like, oh, we probably ordered an Uber. No, didn't exist. You had to get a cab, and cabs were expensive as fuck. Yes. So then, Sam comes in, right? And she's like, oh my god, you invited the doof. And Freddie's Which- like... Let's think about the word doof for a second. <laughs> I haven't you heard that. You invited the doof. <laughs> I literally haven't heard that in so long. Or like ever. I think I've I've heard doofus. Yes. But this is just doof. It, it, I, I don't even like, I, I would be so caught off guard by somebody saying that to me. I wouldn't know <laughs> how to respond. It's, I kind of love it. It's, it's just so strange that it would really hurt my feelings. Right, like, it's, it's like, kind of, like, a stunning thing. But that, so, Freddie decides to respond being, like, I didn't know that was going to be here. And Sam's, like, she, I'm a she, Freddie, as in girl. Which, first of all, pronoun queen. Yes. She said, you're not gonna misgender me, because I know I look like a lesbian, and you might (laughs) mistake that for me being a they-them, but I'm a she. Yes. I'm fully a she. She said, call me by my correct pronouns. And we love it. <laughs> I that. thought you were going to say, call me by your name. Oh my god, no, no, no. <laughs> Just Sam whispering, Sam, <laughs> Freddie, Freddie. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Okay, okay, so then Freddie's like, don't touch my AV equipment, Sam. And she's like, aw, I can't play with the white balance. Like, so specific, first of all. And then Freddie says, like, a stupid nerd joke about the white balance and skin tones. Again, nobody cares, Freddie. And so Sam responds to this being like, Carly will never love you. Freddie. Which rude. Absolutely. Like uncalled for. And Freddie goes to leave. He's like freaking the fuck out. Carly's like, please stay. And like bats her little eyelashes. And Freddie immediately goes, okay. And stays. Like, Like he literally is the blueprint for simping. Yes. He has. He is the first simp. Like, he created it. And Carly is clearly using it to her advantage, too. Like, she's eating it up, being like, I need you, so you need to stay. Okay, Carly is low-key toxic, too. Yeah, everybody's toxic in this. Also, I feel like we glossed over the fact that when Carly came back into the building in the beginning of the episode, she literally, like, pulled Sam's hair, like, yards, like, five or six yards to get her attention. She said physical abuse check. <laughs> yeah, she, they do all be kind of pulling each other. It's, it's weird. Like, I would not pull my friend's hair like that, but. I have I done know. some pretty aggressive things to my friends, but it's because I was influenced by this TV show and I thought it was normal. I can't be held accountable <laughs> for my actions. Come on. Okay, good point, good point. Okay, so then we kind of go into the auditions that they're trying to film. <clears throat> so there's a few auditions. The first one is this kid named Jeb. Which, Jeb Bush? That's the only Jeb I've ever heard of. Right. And, but also, his audition sucks. So are we making fun of Jeb Bush? <laughs> is this more leftist I propaganda? don't know. I also have never met any other Jeb before. Like, it's... The first thought I had was Jeb Bush, too. Like, what? Like, imagine Jeb Bush doing Jeb this. Bush? <laughs> Jeb Bush. <laughs> is it Jeb Bush? Like, the name Jeb is, like, 
It's like Job from Arrested Development. It's like an acronym or like of his initials. Like it's so it says his name begins with a J. His middle name is an E, and his last name is Bush. So it's Jeb. Wait, is it? Am like, I wrong? Is no, I thought his name was like legitimately Jeb Bush. Okay, what the fuck does Jeb mean? No, it's, yeah, his name is John Ellis Bush. J E B Jeb. Ew. Wait, so, I, why the hell is this child in the iCarly universe <laughs> named Jeb? Maybe he's I'm also so John disturbed. Ellis. What, what was it? <laughs> John Ellis Bush. Oh, I was right. That's that's honestly fucking disgusting. As if I don't, like, hate Jeb Bush enough. Just add that God, in there. I googled him so I could, like, just see what his name was. And now his little face is on my phone. And, like, I would, I, he has a very punchable face. <laughs> Okay, so this kid isn't Jeb Bush, but he might be an innuendo to Jeb Bush. We're not sure. So he's like, okay, I'm going to do this French play, and it's called... <laughs> it's called La Let Ou. me hear you try to say this. <laughs> I don't speak French. Trigger warning. La ou et ma femme. Like, he says it so aggressively, too. Yeah, he says it, like, more similarly to how she said it. And when when we first listened to this, like, I, I speak French. French. Um, <laughs> I've like been to France. Oh, um, yeah. Um, but he said it in such a strange way that I literally thought he was speaking gibberish. And then I sort of like had to like sound it out for myself to realize that like he was saying like "Where is my wife?" Oh. But it's like he says he says "la ou," where if you have like those two vowel sounds together, you're supposed to say "lu." Oh. Like you're not supposed to say "la ou et ma femme." It's Oh, so it's like more, it is an actual thing that he's saying. Yes, and I I looked it up because basically what happens is in a horrible French accent, he goes, Where is my wife? I do not know. Where did she go? I do not know. And when he says, I do not know, he like holds up a little like mustache. Yes. And that's all that happens. And I thought that this was like maybe like a, Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Is on right. third situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, for those who don't know what that play is, it's a farce where it's like a baseball coach and someone else talking about the game going on. Yes. And so this guy goes, oh, who's on first? And the person's like, yep, who's on first? And he's like, well, who's on first? And then the joke is that the player on first name, on first base, his name is who? Right. And then the player on second name. On, ba- on second base, his name <laughs> is what? I'm yes. already getting tripped up. <laughs> so the player's name on second base is what? And then they go, well, what's on second? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. And then, well, who's on third? I don't know because their name is I don't know. So yes. it's just like a far. And I was like trying to think about like what like double entendre does I don't know in French have that like wouldn't translate into English. Like, if it was a really funny, like, thing like that, yeah. but you translated it into a different language and it, and it didn't make sense. So I was like, what? I don't know in French is je ne sais pas. And I, like, went over it in my head, and I was like, this doesn't sound like anything else. And then I, like, Googled it, and it's not a real French play. There's nothing called <laughs> le oui ma femme French play. Like, I didn't find anything. So it's quite literally just something invented for iCarly with a kid screaming, where is my wife? I, I do, do not, not know. know. When will she be back? I, I do, do not, not know. know. <laughs> but where can I find her? I tell you, I do not know. <laughs> it's 
it's so funny though and the best part too is so again i listen like i watch with subtitles and when he said the beginning like the the name of the play instead of translating it that's why cersei had to look it up too because like it literally didn't translate it it literally just put in parentheses speaking french in the subtitles like they didn't even bother trying to translate that's why we thought it was gibberish I literally thought that they were like, just make French noises. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so then Jeb finishes his little play with his mustache and everything, and then Carly and Sam go back and forth and do the same thing. So that was the whole part of the beginning. And then the second... Yeah, and it's like... No, I have more to say about that. Uh, Go ahead. So, like, what they do is, like... Sam's like, oh, did you like him? And oh, Carly yeah. goes, I do not know. And then they, like, do this little bit back and forth like that. And then, like, this, the transitions in iCarly are that it, like, sort of, like, pans out to be, like, a little, like, module on a computer. Yes. And then, like, you click a different video clip. And yes. then, like, that's the new scene. And um, so they had the actors just, like stay in character quote-unquote like very awkwardly so they could have that transition after the scene already ended but they would still be moving in the scene just like floating around right but it's very obvious that they are like they don't know what to do yeah they're just kind of like after the seat standing yeah like smiling like kind of contently but then also like they're not really in character because they're not like doing anything yeah so then after the scene like ends but the camera's still filming because they're doing this transition that takes a little bit of time Mm -hmm. they're literally just like sitting there awkwardly like laughing to each other but Mm -hmm. it's like it's literally like if you put a camera on like two random children on the street and we're like hey fake laugh to each other for a second like it's so uncomfortable and i think that brings us to um uncomfortable standing around after the shot is finished in bingo and we officially have bingo wow Look at that, guys. This is the end of the podcast. Um. (laughs) (laughs) We only go until we get bingo. Yeah. (laughs) So the bingo line that we have is, punchline is a dictionary definition of a word, sexual innuendo, noticing you stole a personality trait slash joke from the show, sexy Spencer, and uncomfortable standing around after the shot. Wow. So much happens. All right, see you next week. (laughs) Okay, so now that we have bingo, we can get to the really riveting second audition that they have, (laughs) (laughs) which is literally just this girl playing the cello, and she's playing it, like, well, but then Carly's just asleep, and Sam's just, like, staring at her. It's so rude. I think, yeah, it is really rude. Like, this girl is playing the cello well, and they're acting annoyed by her. And it's like, okay, this girl is probably nervous as fuck for her cello audition. Right. And you guys are sitting there giving her nothing. And I think this also goes into, like, the early 2000s, like, being mean is funny. Yes. Being rude is funny. Anyone who tries to do things and tries to be good at things is lame. Yes. Like, when I was in school, it was very much like, don't even bother joining a club because putting effort in makes you a loser. Like, right. And, like, you have to be, like, quirky or weird to be entertaining, too. Like, she's yes. she's good at what she does. It's just not, like, different, so the girls don't like it. But, okay, so You then, know what? I'm going to be brave and say it. I was entertained and impressed by the cello girl. <laughs> Sue me. Controversial take. So Controversial take, take. I love classical music played by children. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> okay, so then the third audition is this girl who plays the trumpet, but it's while she's jumping on a pogo stick. And of course, like the woo track goes wild. The girls are loving it. They're giving her like a standing ovation. Even though the trumpet playing sucks, but like I will give it to her. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I could do this if I tried. I was not impressed. Yeah. I like the cello girl better, honestly. Uh, I think that means we're old. Yeah. Hmm. But also, Sam yells, jump and blow (laughs) to this girl. (laughs) Yes, another sexual innuendo. Like, for no reason. (laughs) Okay, I wrote it down, but I was like, is that a sexual innuendo? Because what does jump and blow mean? It means, I mean, I don't know. I don't do that. If she yelled, go and blow that thing, I would be like, yeah. But jump and blow. I, I I tried to parse that one out in my head. Well, I feel like us thinking about it means that it's a sexual innuendo. doesn't mean it needs to make sense, but it's still kind of sexual. So, audition number four is my personal favorite. Um, I'm already shaking my head. (laughs) So, it's literally this, like, little, like, chubby, fat ginger kid, okay? And he's got, like, these glasses, this, like, long hair, and he's going off, and he's like, I liked the eggs, he starts laughing, jumping around really weirdly. Can you please at least say it how he does? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> what? He's like, so I like the eggs. <laughs> no, no. No, how does he, goes, he say it? So I like the eggs! <laughs> and then runs off stage. Yes. Well, he's like jumping around, like laughing. And then he sprints off. It's like the weirdest fucking thing. And the girls are just like, uh, okay. Also, when he says the, he says duh. Which is, like, a Chicago thing. So, Chicago legend. His parents are definitely from Shy City. Wow. We love the representation for you. I got the diploma, and you have the... You have him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Chicago supremacist. What can I say? Anything to do with Chicago, I'm like, yep, born and raised, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Have to plug the Chicago. (laughs) But I love him because he reminds me of the kid from the Goonies. Like, I literally thought it was the same kid. Yeah. We were watching it together when I visited her in Nebraska. And she goes, wait, that's the kid from the Goonies. And I was like, (laughs) no, there's a bit of a time difference. And she was like, I'm going to look it up. And I was like, I can promise you the early 90s and the mid 2000s would not yield a kid of the same age unless it was Andy Milanakis. It might be. It's not. But it could be. It could be the same situation. <laughs> but I, he looks I like, knew it was not. Okay. He looks exactly like him is the point I was trying to get across. Like he... You know what? Not all chubby ginger boys look alike. <laughs> okay, okay, but those you need two to do. Really, those two do. No. Yes. I'm going to be brave and say no. And I'm going to say that you're being fat phobic right now. I am just being ginger phobic. I am not being fat phobic. I cannot believe that you just said the G word. <laughs> I, that is a slur and you know it. I am Irish. I'm allowed to say the G word. No, because I'm Irish too. And that's not the reason I can say ginger. The reason I can say ginger is because my best friend is one. Mm, she has the best friend. <laughs> that's her excuse. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, so the girls are like, yeah, that shit was not funny. Poor. They were also being fat phobic because they didn't think it was funny. And then yes. instead, they start making fun of Miss Briggs, who's the teacher from the <laughs> beginning, 
And it's because they say that it remind like that kid reminded them of her, which is so fucking rude. And they start talking about how <laughs> it doesn't remind them of her because the kid doesn't have crazy pointy boobs like Miss Briggs does. Like Which first of all, body shaming Miss Briggs much? Like yes. okay. They're being fat phobic to the kid, now they're body shaming Miss Briggs. And also, pointy boobs were very trendy in the 40s and 50s. Yes. So maybe Miss Briggs is just a vintage legend. I I would believe that. We do stand Miss Briggs here in this podcast. Yes, Mindy Sterling is a phenomenal actress and truly <laughs> the highlight of the show. Yes. Also, so that- I want to be in the Groundlings somewhere. <laughs> this is her plugging. <laughs> um, I do sketch comedy at Second City. Um... <laughs> I'm just at the training center now, but please give me a chance. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Freddie pans the camera over to them to record the girls, like, being mean to Miss Briggs. And, like, it's it's just weird that he's recording them in the first place. And it's and it really wasn't that funny. Like, they were just being also, mean. Also, he's, he's fully enjoying it. Like, he's laughing and, like, oh, making yes. facial expressions. You know when you listen to a podcast in public... And your face is just reacting, like, as if you're talking to friends. Yes. That's what he's doing. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, true. Right. Like, his face is just saying so many things. And it's like, all they're saying is like, it's like she put, puts waffle cones in her bra. <laughs> <laughs> Body shaming is hilarious. <laughs> Seriously. Like, it was, it was just, and his facial expressions were just so aggressive, too. <clears throat> And then we come to your favorite person. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do have one more favorite besides my Goonies King. And it is the beatboxing king himself who comes out with his little microphone. He is going hard beatboxing. And my subtitles, I have to say, they (laughs) said bad beatboxing. And I beg to disagree. I thought it was amazing. I beg to disagree. Yes. I believe the phrase is I beg to differ. I said what I said. Anyway, here's my impression of him beatboxing. It's But it's impressive because he can do like the boonch boonch boonch. Like I can't make those noises. No. It like, was parentheses good beatboxing. Someone get in touch with the caption people. I would beg to agree. Please, sir, I'm begging. Let me agree with you. (laughs) Okay, okay. So then after Beatboxing King finishes his little beatboxing, it cuts to Sam and Carly asleep on Carly's couch. And this is ten minutes and three seconds into the episode. We have the first gratuitous foot sighting. The first gratuitous foot sighting, guys. Write it down. So, we all know that Dan Schneider has a foot fetish, and while Sam and Carly are, like, asleep on the couch, Carly wakes Sam up by, like, snuffling her toes on (laughs) Sam's face. Who snuffles toes, honestly? That's just rude. Snuffle is not a word, but much like Prevere, it should be. I agree. Thank you. You're welcome. We're also, one of the counters that we're going to do is gratuitous foot shots and foot scenes um, that are just completely unnecessary. So this is number one, because we're not counting the intro video. Yes. It's, it's just, 
we we don't like Dan Schneider for making these kids go through this. No. Okay, so then after Sam gets rudely awoken by Carly's little toes. Um, Which she's oddly okay with. She's like, oh, your foot? I know that shit's clean. Right. Rub she's it a like, little harder on me, baby. She's like, yeah, anyway, good morning. Um, and then Carly's like, so when is your mom picking you up? Like, get the hell out of here. And Sam's like, yeah, no, I told my mom I was staying the night. And Carly's like, uh, I didn't invite you to. And she's like, oh, well, like... I'm staying All right, hold anyway. On. It's the way you butcher the joke. Oh, I need what? to re I need to re-say it. Go for it. So Carly is like, oh, wake up, it's late, whatever. And then Sam goes, Oh, well, I told my mom that you invited me to stay the night. And then Carly goes, No, I didn't. And then Sam goes, Well, I'm not leaving, so you should. <laughs> okay, much funnier. <laughs> Thank you. And then I actually wrote it. Yeah, I'm she, actually Dan Schneider. <laughs> that's why she keeps excusing him. <laughs> I'm not excusing. He should be in jail. I'm not kidding. I'm laughing, but I'm not kidding. <laughs> anyway, so here's Sam being toxic again. We can count that as what number two, number three. I don't. I've lost count already. Honestly. Yeah. So then, episode one, Sam's just literally the like the devil. Yes, actually. So Carly, like, goes on her computer to check if Freddie uploaded the audition tape to Splashface. Which Which is, is is it YouTube? Is it Facebook? I think. Who knows? I don't know. I guess Facebook was around then, but it was, like, early. Like, MySpace was a bigger thing. So I feel like it was kind of like a YouTube, like, comparison. (laughs) Me too. But still, it's some kind of youtube-esque where you can upload videos and there's like message boards and and all of that kind of stuff also message boards what right my mom still uses message (laughs) boards but my mom is also closer to 60 than 50 yes so i don't think we should use her for the (laughs) for the uh i was gonna say it's a relic of the past and then you were saying that your mom uses them and i was like oh all right, well, I don't want to call my mom a relic of the past because she's very much present <laughs> and wonderful and not a relic. Right. She's she's from the present. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So she's checking to see on Splashface if uh, Freddie uploaded the videos of the audition tapes since they told Briggs that they were going to be on there. And for whatever reason, Sam starts talking about how Briggs called her a demon and that she put... Didn't Ron- I just call Sam a demon? Yes. Yes. So it's perfect. <laughs> she is a Spicy. demon. Um, but the reason why Briggs called her a demon is because she put raw chicken in this woman's purse. Like, what well, the fuck? Well, Sam actually says, somebody put raw chicken in her purse. Oh. Can we assume it was Sam? Yes. Yes, but did Sam take the blame for it? No. No, Carly also probably took the blame for that. Good point. Exactly. Sam being toxic. Compulsive liar check. Yep. And then, uh, they're checking, right? And Carly freaks out because Freddie actually uploaded them, like, shooting the shit instead of the auditions. And Sam's like... I would say shooting the shit loosely. Okay, yeah. Maybe not shooting the shit, just being mean on, (laughs) like, that day. Body shaming to the max. Right. And Sam's like, but we were being all goofy and acting like idiots all day. Like, 
Okay. Like, oh no, don't film me being funny and put it on the internet where people will see it. Right. Oh no. And the two of them, like, freak out about Briggs possibly seeing them literally body shaming her for her pointing boobs, which you should be nervous because that shit was mean. And if Car- someone said that I had pointy boobs, I don't know what I would do. I would cry. And, like, how do you, you, you can't come back from that. Those are your boobs. Like, I'm sensitive about my breasts. Yes. Those are personal. So Carly, yes. Carly They're very close to the chest. Uh, but, um. But, up, um. <laughs> <laughs> Carly's like, anyone can see it. It's on splash face. Like, okay. And then Sam's like, chillax again. Fun fact. This is the second time that this word has been used in the episode. But it is the last time that the word chillax is ever used again in the series. Huh, that's interesting. And I feel like chillax is a very mid-2000s word. Like, that used to be the word. Yes. Like, chillax, dude. Yeah, dude, like... Dude, come on, chillax. Dude, chillax. Yes, it was, like, like it was the, the word. coolest thing to say. Yes. And so then they talk about the view count on this video, right? And Sam's like, oh, only 27 people watched it. And Carly's like, Sam, it's 27,000. And she's, like, screaming. <laughs> this is hilarious to me because the reason she mixed it up was that under the video it says 27K. Mm-hmm. And oh. um, clearly Sam doesn't know Sam doesn't know what a band is. She doesn't get racks. <laughs> and I she feel is like poor. this joke. <laughs> she lives in poverty. Um, wow, you are Carly because y'all both be poor shaming. Yep. It'd be like that. But I feel like this joke is not as believable for nowadays because I feel like it's super common for rap to, like, talk about, like, getting K's, getting bands, like, shit like that. But honestly, like, back then, I don't think I knew what a K was because social media didn't exist. So if someone has, like, a few, like, 100,000 followers, it says 100K. Right. That know, was my like, first thought, is, like, seeing yeah. it on Instagram or something where somebody has a bunch of followers, you see the K. Yeah, but pre-social media, and especially, like, social media back in the day, you didn't, like, celebrities didn't use it. You didn't have thousands of followers. It was right. literally just, like, you and your friends. Like, maybe you would have, like, like maybe 1,000. Yeah, yeah. But it it would not abbreviate it to a K because you weren't going past that. Right. So I think it's super believable that back in this time frame, like, she might have looked at the K and, like, and like honestly oh, not okay. known what the abbre- abbre- abbreviation was because, like, I didn't. I don't think, like, before social media, it was popular to, like, say that, you know? Yeah, especially as a middle schooler, like, I don't think I would know that at all. Yeah. So it that makes a lot more It was more popular to say, like, a grand, like, 20 grand. Oh, right, Yeah. Like, verbally. But then the K abbreviation written down, like, no one would use that. Yeah. I think it's impressive that Carly even knew that, like, in 2007 to understand that that was the abbreviation. Hmm. Well, that makes things a little bit more believable then, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, Because okay. even think about YouTube. Like, it doesn't abbreviate thousands. It says 200,000 for view yeah. counts and stuff. That is true. So even now, kids have no idea. Well, they do because of Instagram and stuff, but not on YouTube. Yeah. So I think this joke is indicative of Carly's smarts. And Her wealth. global prowess. <laughs> and 
and her bands that she be getting. <laughs> she knows about bands because she's rich. Her bands that make and them Sam's dance. poor. <laughs> she has no bands. Okay, so then the scene cuts to Sam literally dragging Freddie by his feet from across the hall into Carly's apartment. And he's got all these, like, cute little, like, matching pajamas. Also, the I, I think because he's, like, not wearing those platform shoes, he looks even smaller. He's, like, just <laughs> in socks. And, like, these matching PJs, like, he looks, like, so young. Like, yes. so, like itty-bitty. Like, I can't believe Sam is abusing this newborn, like, lamb. Like, out like, of the womb so child. Small. He looks like a yes. little kid on, like, Christmas Day with his matching pajamas. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> And he is, like, so small, but, like, the actor, Nathan Cress, is acting his little heart out. He's pretending he really to be is. so mad. Yes. And, like, fuming, screaming. And it's, like, like it's so adorable. Yes. <laughs> like, this just little human with this matching set on being like, are you crazy? <laughs> that was spot on. It was so good. <laughs> Oh my god. So then they start after he goes the the great impression there after he screams <laughs> at them. Sam's like they're both yelling at him like asking why he filmed them and Freddie's like, "Oh yeah, obviously because you guys were being funny." And Sam goes, "Which is like, were they were they being that funny?" Right. We've been all, no, they were not. And <laughs> Sam's like, well, you shouldn't have put us online without our permission, which we love her being, like, consent. Queen of consent. Yes, queen of queen. consent, queen of pronouns, everything. Is Sam actually woke? She's abusive, but woke. Yeah. She's a male manipulator. Oh my god, yes, she is. She is. <laughs> She's like, I'm woke in the streets, but I'll abuse you behind I'll closed doors. gaslight you behind closed doors. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, so Freddie is saying that he edited the two girls out before uploading the auditions to Splashface, and Carly is saying that he actually did the opposite, and he's like, no, no, there's no way that that happened. And then, obviously, they check, and that's exactly what happened. But, like, I don't believe this, because Freddie's literally a genius. Like, I do not believe that this man accidentally cut them out and just uploaded them. So that means that Freddie is also a male manipulator, Ooh. and he was a mastermind into getting them to do a continuous live show. Right. Which he probably predicted that they would get a lot of views, yeah. and then they would want to do this over and over again, and he knew that he was the only one with the technical prowess to support a, a show oh with them God. in it. It all makes sense. And then he would be able to be in close proximity to Carly, and then eventually get her to fall in love with him. Wow. So did Freddie mastermind iCarly low-key? I think high-key at this point he did. I, that's, I didn't think I think that that. is a really difficult thing to fuck up. Right. Like, he, he had thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Like, there is no way that this man does not know how to upload a simple video to Splashface. It doesn't make sense. I think you're right on this one. Freddie manipulated them into making iCarly... I think he did. And And that's the key to manipulation. Make them think it's their own idea. Yep. And it works. It works. Because they start being, like, super embarrassed about, like, anybody in the world can see this. And, like, 
possibility if Briggs can see them body shaming her. And Freddie goes to remove it, right? And they're like, okay, it'll get removed tomorrow morning. And he's like, but let's check the message boards just to, like, see what people are saying about this video, you know? Since he's like, I know people are saying nice things. Mm -hmm. And so they're talking about, like, a few of the things that he reads off of comments are, this is funny stuff, you guys crack me up, you guys are hilarious, when's the next show? Way better than most of the puke on here. And it's like... Which, first of all, rude to the other people who are trying their best to create content. Right. That's very rude. (laughs) But there's one hidden kind of Easter egg on there. Did you read the screen that was on there? Yes. It said, full caps... Carly, you're so hot! (laughs) Which makes so much more sense because they would absolutely be getting objectified on the internet. Yes, because I was reading people being like, wow, you two are so funny and hilarious. And being like, two women on the internet who are being funny and hilarious will get the meanest thing said about them. They'll be like, oh, either I want to titty fuck you or you're ugly, get off the internet Or women are stupid. I can't believe you guys, like, think that you can, like, talk on the internet and, like, that I'm not going to have a problem with it because I have a neck beard and I hate women. And, like, Like, women aren't funny and this and that, like... Yes. All of the 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 usual The F in women is for funny. Okay, then what does the F in female stand for, dumbass? (laughs) What about the F in men? Like... Yeah, not found. You guys just, like, repeat information you learned on Wikipedia and think you're intelligent. It's... We also hate men here, if that wasn't what Cam, wasn't clear kill enough. all men. <laughs> okay, okay. So, then Sam and Carly go back to school, and they're, like, waiting around for Briggs, like, freaking out about if she saw it or not. And Sam goes, she was probably in church yesterday. That's why she didn't see it. And Carly's like, what church would let Briggs in the door? I love the subtext of this. Let's read into this. So the insinuation is clearly that Miss Briggs is a demon, like a literal demon that could not get into a church. Oh, right. Which means that when, literally. So when Miss Briggs called Sam a demon way earlier in the episode, does that mean that Miss Briggs was projecting onto Sam? I'm going to keep an eye out for this. That is, is there a some good supernatural thing. subtext in the iCarly verse? <laughs> Write this down. There might be some supernatural stuff. Miss Briggs equals supernatural? Question mark? (laughs) Miss Briggs equals demon equals projecting. (laughs) (laughs) iCarly actually takes place like an alternate dimension where like angels and demons exist. Oh, probably. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. But so then. We'll look into it. Yeah, we're, we're going to research this for the next episode. So then they give Briggs a CD of, like, the audition saying that they had trouble putting it online, lying, and Briggs is like, yeah, sure, okay, thanks, I'll try not to poke these with my pointy bosoms. So clearly she watched the video. And also my favorite part of this is after she says, I'll try not to poke these with my pointy bosoms, Sam says, (gasps) she watched the video. As if we didn't get it. As if we didn't. And we could say, oh, this is for children. They're dumbing it down. First of all, no. This is for young <laughs> teens. Right. This is not like this is not like early development Thomas the Tank Engine Media. Yeah. And secondly, I think there's no excuse for, like, mistakes in child media. 
Because, like, there are so many, like, amazing, like, flawless pieces of work that are marketed towards children that don't have this sort of, like, eye roll, this is for the plot, like, this is weak yeah. writing, like, Shrek, like, I, yes, I do not watch Shrek and think, let me roll my eyes and say, oh, they did this so kids would understand it. No, because kids aren't dumb. They know where it's going. They don't need to be over-explained to, you know? Right. It's weak writing. I think that's what it is. And, like, especially, like, movies like Soul and Coco, like, kids can grasp what is happening in a complicated plot, you know? Yeah. Kids are not exclusively watching kid media. Like, what child has never seen an adult movie and been like, I didn't understand a single thing that happened because they didn't reiterate the plot 30 million times? Like, no. It's like, even though it's marketed to kids, obviously kids watch it. I don't think that's the only thing that kids watch. Like, when I was a kid, I was watching, like, Masterpiece Theater, that doesn't mean that I didn't like Scooby-Doo. Like, I love Scooby-Doo, but, like, Scooby-Doo didn't need to be like, okay, and now the talking dog is gonna solve the crime. Get ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, it's, the whole show is just really over-explaining everything. And, like, it definitely goes into the theme of the show, that's for sure, but they could have done it in a better way. I just feel like it kind of goes into the irony of the show a little bit. So, Well, I think there's a difference between, like, <sighs> my brother who's 26 years old. Like, that could be, like, a funny over-explaining. Right. But Miss Briggs being like, I know you called my boobs pointy. And Sam being like, <gasps> she saw the video. Like, <laughs> you know, we got it. Yeah. No need. No That's need. true. That's true. Okay. So then... Sam says, oh, so, sorry, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Briggs, who walks away right after her pointy bosoms comment, and Carly gives her, like, a list of all the kids that she thinks should be in the talent show, and Briggs reads them, it's, like, snorting milk, pogo stick stick hopping, like, these aren't talents. But is she wrong? Those truly are not talents. No. Those are internet videos. And I don't blame her for not wanting to put their suggestions in the talent show after she just quite literally body shamed them. Like, I very easily could have gone into teaching of English, but I chose to be unemployed for obvious reasons. <laughs> and I had friends who are teachers at high school, so it's like, like, thinking about children, like, just saying, like, commenting on your body when you're literally just there to teach them. It's I'm weird. like, okay, you want to call me fat? You want to call me this? Call me that? Okay, bitch, test. <laughs> Exam. Pop. Yes quiz did y'all do the homework because I did like I would fully bully children if they bullied me well you just have to go through different avenues as an adult to bully them back um anyway (laughs) I have sympathy for Miss Briggs (laughs) uh Cersei advocates for bullying children and (laughs) I mean it's only because I would also bully children (laughs) okay so they're, like, pissed, right? Because she's like, no, these aren't talents, you know, whatever. And Briggs is like, okay, bye. And Carly's like, so you're not going to let any of the kids we picked be in the show? And this is where Mindy Sterling's, like, acting. Like, you can tell that she gave this, like, a lot of run-throughs. And I think what a lot of people don't understand about, like, acting is that, like, when you get a script, yeah. truly all you have is a line, Like, you don't know, like, how you're going to deliver it, the inflections, the meter, like, anything like that. And that's something that I didn't understand until I cast my first show. Right. And I saw how every actor took the same line and delivered it in a million different ways. And there's a million different ways to deliver one line. And so after 
the children are like, you're not going to pick any of, like, the people that we want to be in the talent show? Mindy Sterling, as Miss Briggs, turns around and goes, that's right, girls. <laughs> and it's the creepiest, most chilling line. And I feel like that, like, specific you know what? I'll play it. I'm going to play it because it's so chilling. Play I'll the play clip. it right here. Play the clip. Play the clip. That's right, girls. <laughs> that delivery on that simple of a line is something that I feel like only happens after you've delivered it a few different ways. You've yes. like probably done the most obvious first. Right. Like sassy, snarky, and then that like creepy horror movie like delivery it's like a, it's like golden. It's something that comes out of like just being a really trained actor and giving every scene like something different and then exploring, well, I've done the obvious, where can I take it from here? It really was so creepy. Like she's just behind the door and gives this like perfect line too. Like you exactly what you're saying. You can tell that she really took the time to figure out which line was the best one. And it's mm-hmm. why, even just as, like, a smaller main character, she really adds, like, a lot of context and a lot of things to the show. It's no, awesome. And she stands out a lot, like, in the show. Like, you remember her. She's a teacher that's only in a few episodes, but her performance is, it's memorable. Right, right. And my fave, after this perfectly chilling line, <laughs> my fave shows back up, the beatboxing kid. He's coming in here. <laughs> Mic in hand, right? He is ready to go. Which, where's the speaker? Where's the speaker? How, like, how, is this his own microphone? Like, what is this? There's so he just has, like, speakers in his book bag. <laughs> yes. Why are these speakers didn't exist in 2007? Oh Where was God. the sound coming from? Uh, he's a genius, too, but he shows up with this little wireless mic, and he's walking around. Ew, 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 and it's like the perfect punchline yes it is and carly just screams at him you know no one enjoys that and the beatbox kid is so sad and he just sadly walks away but he's still beatboxing the whole time he walks away like it's so funny this was an unironic carly laugh for sure like (laughs) (laughs) i hate how much unironic laughing I do like when we first started watching I feel like we would only laugh at like the ridiculousness of it yes or like the weird sexual innuendos where we were like that's not appropriate for children this is weird right but the more I watch it the more I just like begin to genuinely enjoy the punchlines <laughs> of the show yes chalk this one down for me as one of my genuine laughs because I can't even keep track of how many unironic laughs I have because it's like at every other punchline now like yes. in the beginning I it, we would both like laugh and we'd be like oh my god did we just unironically laugh <laughs> but now it's like it's like almost every punchline I'm like that was funny absolutely because the more you watch it the more you get used to all the jokes too like it becomes funny more than mm-hmm. you watch it so I agree I think all of my laughs now are unironic laughs like it's yes so good. but this one was my first one I think that I was like actually like oh my god it's a perfect wrap-up to the audition part of it. Being like, this yes. stupid little kid that they hate comes out here and also, beatboxing. I've noticed that iCarly, like, is really good at callbacks. So yes. I think that, one, really builds the universe, and two, it, like, builds a super cohesive 
sense of humor and also keeps the audience integrated because you're like, oh, I remember that. Like, people love callbacks. No matter what it is, if it's a bad joke, people love a callback. That is so true. There are so many, even within the first episode, like, this is just one of the examples of it, but there's so many callbacks to stuff. Like, we briefly mentioned the cuttlefish thing in the beginning, but the cuttlefish callback is strong throughout the entire series. Like, it's prominent and they start it, like, at... Episode one, minute one, and it goes throughout the entire thing. I mean, iCarly definitely has, like, a very strong universe. Like, yes. point blank period. Point blank period. I have to pee. Okay. Should we pause? Yeah, let's pause. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <clears throat> Carly and Sam walk into Carly's apartment, and she starts screaming, saying how mad she is, which is another info dump. And seriously, every single time that somebody walks into that apartment, it's an info dump. They use it to set the scene of whatever is happening every single time. And then, of course, in quirky girl fashion, Sam goes, I need some ham. Because her liking food is <laughs> 100% a personality trait. But I feel like this is just, like, a huge, like, trope of the, like, mid-2000s. Even into, like, the teens where, like girls eating was like a personality trait it was like quirky girl hours I eat food eh. and this is like very like Jennifer Lawrence like peak Hunger Games fame like energy and I think it's because like yeah just overtly yes like going into it and I feel like this is like a direct like counter like attack on like the 90s trend of being like oh girls don't eat girls only eat salad girls eat like squirrels they eat squirrel food Mm-mm. so i feel like yes it's annoying when like women in media are like i eat and that's a personality trait ah! but i think we need to be sympathetic to the fact that women were like coming back from that like women don't eat mentality and trying to like assert themselves as like hey we eat but then, of course, women aren't multifaceted, so whenever they do anything, like, like food, it becomes a personality trait instead of just, like, hey, I eat food. Right. And all of this is really, really sad on top of the fact that Jeanette McCurdy had an eating disorder during production. Yeah. And, like, her character was, like, obsessed with food. So just another way that the show was, like, really hell for her. Yeah, and just really abusive and just not sympathetic to the fact that she was really going through something as a child and then her entire character just all the time being obsessed with food probably triggered her so much. And it's also... Yeah, it's really sad. Yes, it is really sad. I was going to say, the whole, like, overeating thing also just kind of plays into the fact how Sam's character is just really over-masculinized in a way, where the entire Mm -hmm. time she's just, you know, obsessed with food and she's not, like, your typical, like girly girl this and that so they're just taking it and putting that girly girl stereotype and making it the exact opposite of what it is so it's it's just playing into it so much exactly and that also goes into how she literally looks like a lesbian right (laughs) (laughs) but and if we sound like acutely homophobic it's because we're gay we're allowed to be homophobic you're allowed to be a little homophobic if you're gay i think just a little bit like in like a playful way you know so we don't mean it in a mean way it's just it's like a fun uh, we're poking fun at ourselves it's a fun amount of homophobia yeah it's just yes. it's just because we're so both like, gay. if you're straight you can't say this no don't laugh at you any of these it. jokes we can say it because we're gay yeah don't laugh at any of no. them you have to keep a straight face and be like I'm an ally, I will not laugh, but all the gays out there, <laughs> ha ha, ha ha, Sam's 
a lesbian. <laughs> Spencer also looks like a lesbian. <laughs> so after this whole uh, her needing ham thing, Sam says about how she hated Miss Briggs even after she got this brown lump removed from her nose, which is more body shaming unnecessarily. But Freddie comes in, right, and makes that same exact comment about Mrs. Briggs' nose, like the lump on her nose. Which I kind of think is a little bit of a foreshadowing of Freddie and Sam getting together because their minds are on the same page, you know? Yeah, they said, let's body shame together. Right? But I feel like also this could just be playing into the fact that this show is like really into like um, callbacks and yeah. like really building that universe and like reiterating the same point over and over again. But I totally see what you mean about how it's setting the scene for, like, the way that Sam and Freddie, like, do end up together. Yes. Which is, to me, insane. And also, it gave me mental illness, like, the enemies to lover trope. Like, (laughs) it's the way that I'm mean to everyone I ever meet. And I'm like, is this gonna happen? (laughs) Absolutely. They are the blueprint for that as well. But, so then... Mental illness. Carly is talking about how... Mrs. Briggs, like, adults like her get to control what kids do and see. She's, like, really, really mad about it. And Which, anti-censorship queen, more leftism from iCarly. Yes, we love that from her. Adults should not censor kids like that. But, so mm-hmm. then, because of all of this, Carly starts talking about doing a weekly web show, calling back the comments on the message boards and how they wanted more content. And Sam is like, you know, I don't really want to put too much work into it, but she'll show up and be Carly's sidekick. So... Which, the first time we were watching it, I totally missed that because we were drinking, being crazy, you know, on the stripper pole, your cats <laughs> were in love with me, like, lots was happening at your Nebraskan apartment. Yes. But... Like, going back, like, I re- I was really upset. I was like, why is it called iCarly? Like, they thought of the show together. Like, Freddie's involved, da-da-da. And, yeah, they try to excuse it by Sam being like, this sounds like work. Call it your show, and I'll just be your sidekick. But at the same time, I really honestly feel like we see Sam and Freddie contributing just as much as Carly. Honestly, I think Freddie does most of the work. Like, Absolutely. as we will see further into it. Like... I really don't think that the show should be called iCarly. I think it should be called I Sam. Okay, maybe not I Sam, but th- there has to be I like, Sam and Carly. Yeah, sure. Or and Freddy. <laughs> like S F W wait S and M. I couldn't even remember their... S-C and F. S and F. Yeah. F-C-S. F-C-S. I-F-C-S. I don't know. It doesn't flow as much as iCarly, but they should all get some credit because even from the first episode, you know, they all really put a lot into it. I get that it's Carly's, like, idea to kind of do it, and Freddie's the one who suggests the name, and his, his thing for iCarly is, he says, I equals the internet, Carly is like you as Carly. Which is also really corny, you know, and but everybody loves it. Everybody loves this idea. And so Freddie's Also, why all this is going on, like, Sam is just carving into a ham. A full and ham. And she's, like, carving a full ham. And she's carving around the bone, and she goes, I just don't understand why they have to put a bone right in the middle <laughs> of the meat. Like, as if, like, humans are, like, creating the carcass. Right, and the only thing that Sam can focus on is her food. Like, she can't even focus on this web show that they're trying to do. 
But Freddie... Natalie, she's quirky. Come on. Exactly. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to quirky shame. But Freddie <laughs> offers to be their technical producer. And Sam is like, aw, he wants to be our geek. And Freddie screams. Starzy, you have to you have to imitate how he says it because you do it so well. You have to say it. <laughs> Stop. I can't even find what he says. You got a big mouth. Oh, he mouth. goes, yes. you got a big mouth, lady. <laughs> yes. And it's like Nathan Cress is acting his heart out. Yes. He is going so hard for this one line for no reason. Like... Well, also, he has a point because technical production is literally 90% of the show, and he's going to be doing all the brunt work, and Sam is acting like that as a small feat, and it's not. No. He he designs a whole website for them. He produces it. He films it. He figures out how to live stream. Like, this man has put it all together. Like, he put... Stop. We will get into this a little bit later, but it's insane. Yes. It's insane what they create. So, anyway, of course, Spencer comes in being quirky, and he runs in with this random-ass mannequin that's, like, naked and in half that he found. And the kids are like, hey, by the way, we're gonna turn the third floor into a studio, thanks. And Spencer's like, uh, okay, bye. It's like, why is this space, like, literally not Spencer's studio? Like, why is it vacant for these children to do a webcast in? Yeah, like, Spencer is stuck in the living room and his tiny little room, and then Carly literally has the other two and a half floors of their like, apartment. That's, the- if I were Spencer, first of all, Carly would be, like, shipped off to the military <laughs> base. She can take classes there. I will have this bougie-ass, like, Seattle condo to myself. And then, also... The fucking attic is clearly, like, a penthouse. Like, they live in the penthouse suite because the ceilings are domed. Right. And that only happens if you're on the top floor. Yeah. Like, this is bouge, bouge shit. They are rich. Like, they are, like, trust fund kids for sure. All of them. Freddie included. Except for yeah. Sam. But no, except for Sam. <laughs> Sam's poor. Yes. Quirky. So then after, you know, they turn the whole upstairs studio into, like, a TV studio. <clears throat> they cut to Carly and Sam prepping for this episode. They're, like, running around, and Freddie is counting down, like, 52 seconds, like, as if they have and to start. And they're, like, running... Yes. No, they're, like, running into the elevator, like, oh, my God, it's starting, it's starting. Right. Da, 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 da. And then, like, when they get up there, like, they're, like, oh, is everything okay with me? And then... Sam's like, oh, no, Carly, there's something in her teeth. And they're freaking out, like, trying to get this shit out of, like, her teeth. And then Freddie goes, three, two, and... And then they immediately stop. Like, they go right into character, and they enter themselves. Like, they are seasoned actresses. Like, they were jumping around being insane about this thing in their teeth. And then all of a sudden, they're like, nope, time for the show. Gotta put it on. It's amazing. And it's like, it's 2007... How are they live streaming? I want to paint a picture for those who were not, you know, the most cognizant in 2007. <laughs> so first of all, Twitter lives didn't exist. Twitch didn't exist. YouTube live streaming didn't exist. Being live literally did not exist on the internet. That was reserved for radio and TV. So how did this small child, first of all, procure the don- the domain, iCarly.com, and then, like, create his own literal algorithm to figure out how to live stream on the internet like MIT is calling 
MIT is on its way to Freddie because this kid is like a genius. Like this was not possible. He in is absolutely a genius. Like he is the blueprint for literally everything. Like he is smarter than Mark Zuckerberg, creepier than Mark Zuckerberg probably at this <laughs> point. Like he. <coughs> He is just everything. Stop. It's bad. Like, I just, this is like science fiction for 2007, like creating a live stream on your own personal website. This is not real. Right. They are the blueprint to this all. Oh, and also something that I think is cute is that like the iCarly show first episode is called iPilot. And then the iCarly webcast first episode is called iPremiere. Oh, that is really fun. And then also, can we discuss like what is going on regard in regards to prop work? We have an LED iCarly sign, not a Carly <laughs> sign, because that could be passed off as like something she already owned, but an iCarly sign, right? Of course, and then a fucking neon live sign, which by the way does not go out after they're live; it stays on. It like, stays on. The, they're always live. They're always ready to go. <laughs> It's always lit on the iCarly set. Yeah, and this is, like, their first episode, like, the first episode. How do they have all of this stuff, like, ready to go when they just thought of this two days ago? Literally. Like, even if we say, okay, they're trust fund kids, it's like, how do they expedite these resources? How do they figure out how to get it? Right, they have ties in every single department ever to get everything. And this is... Let's paint another picture. This is 2007. This is before you could, like, order everyday items on Amazon. That's true, yeah. Like, when Amazon started, it was literally probably in the teens, and you could only order books on it. Right. Like, you could not order anything from Amazon. Like, it was a bookstore back in the day. So it's like, they had to know, like, exactly where to go. Like, you, like the internet, internet shopping was not what it is today. No, not at all. And, and to throw something else into it, they start the episode, right? And Sam is showing off their sound remote. And it, the sound remote also looks like a brick, like a painted brick with just buttons on it. And Freddie, they say that Freddie made this, like, sound remote for them. The sound remote shows, like, each button is a different sound. And then the last button has all these lights that go off in the apartment and music that plays. How did he hook this up? Like, Bluetooth didn't exist. How did he do this? Yes, Bluetooth did not exist quite literally until, like, I literally want to say, like, 2015. <laughs> don't take anything that she says for fact, because we don't, we have no idea when this actually started. But it was this way is funny later. because in my Twilight podcast, I'm like, please accept every historical fact that I present to you as 100% true because <laughs> I'm a genius. But... Like, when did, like, Bluetooth did not exist in 2007. No. Also, the surround sound speakers, hooking up it up to lights, that's insane. Like, for 2007 technology, like, if it were nowadays, I could understand how they could, like, finagle some, like, crazy shit. But in 2007, this was quite literally only doable by a literal mechanical engineer. And to throw in the fact that it's, like, Freddie did all of this. It's not like they hired somebody to do it. Like, Freddie figured out the remote, and how to work it. That's insane. Like, he... Like, once again, MIT is typing. Yes, he is the backbone of iCarly. It would quite literally not exist without him. And... No, literally. This is the first time that we see the iCarly website, too, because when they're showing off the mm -hmm. sound remote, they pan out to a view of the iCarly website, 
and their video feed that says like live on it as they're recording. Yes. Can I go through all of the crazy buttons on the iCarly website the day that iCarly is premiering? Yes. Episode one, what does the website say? Episode one, it says blogs, snaps, which Snapchat did not exist. I think snaps just refers to like photos. Yeah. News, what news is going on, video, play, songs, are they musical artists? I don't know. Need help, send stuff, what stuff. Cool website highlights. You quite literally have not even had a full show happen yet. Why are there why is there a highlights page? Your videos, whose videos, who's watching this? Awesome extras, extras of what? See more vids. More vids of what? Your vids, whose vids? Send to a friend. Do you have a crazy talent? We want to see it. Submit your vids here. Okay, ridiculousness. Rob Jurdeck <laughs> energy. Literally everybody has taken their Ideas. iCarly's ideas are the blueprint to Mike's, Mike Zuckerberg, to Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> to ridiculousness, to simping, to the enemies, to lovers, trope, to like everything in media. This show started it all. Yeah, it all comes back to iCarly, always. But, but if iCarly is Rob Deerdeck, that means that Sam is Chanel West Coast. That is correct. And that furthers the idea that I'm Sam, because people tell me that I look like Chanel West Coast <laughs> all the time, and that means that you're Carly. Who's Freddie? Um, taking applications for a Freddie. Submit. Freddie, we want you. We want a free sound engineer. DM us on Instagram at iRewatchiCarly if you are a Freddie and want to produce our podcast and make cool uh, bricks that make lights and sounds for us. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I tried to make a soundboard. It was too complicated. I gave up. <laughs> so, after... That's why MIT is not interested in me. No, they're not. So we need to go into the talents that are showed. <laughs> we need to go into the talents. She said, no, MIT is not interested in you. Let's move on. <laughs> Anyway, we need to go into the talents that are shown on their first episode of this webcast. So first we have Simon Kendall, who drinks milk from his hand and snorts it and then squirts it from his eyes. And then we have Brennan Yeverly, who can say any word backwards. We have a random girl with a goat that leaves the apartment, which of course was and then necessary. Of course, of course. And then Sam immediately says, I'm hungry. And then Carly says, you can eat soon because the webcast is almost over so again just sam being like my personality hunger right like she, every human experiences it but mine's quirky yeah like every single line she has to talk about food and mm. to end their talent portion we have the ultimate callback too of taryn james who is pogo stick trumpet girl so she finishes off the first webcast of icarly and they're just ecstatic. And then, of course, Freddie says, and we're clear, because they're just doing lives and shit with, like, a timed schedule. Like, who are the investors? Who is making sure that they're on this <laughs> tight-ass schedule? And then the scene cuts to them checking the views on iCarly.com, which is still insane to me. I tried to register. I rewatch iCarly.com. It's been 48 hours, and it still isn't under my domains yet. Don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to contact customer support. Anyway, and then they randomly have 
37,000 views. What? 37,000. Like, the fact and that it, they're... It's, it's insane. It, the fact that their first video was on Splash Face, right? And they had 27,000 views on there. But they, they deleted the video. They deleted the video. How are they promoing it? And it's not like they uploaded this to Splash Face. They have their whole own website. So who is at home typing in iCarly.com randomly with no promotion, no, no one telling them to? And some people might be, be thinking, like, in, in the vein of TikTok, like, oh, TikTok promotes your videos, like, you post on it, you can get a lot of viewers when you don't have any followers yet, like, it's, like, a really great way to expose yourself. That idea is solely TikTok. Even think about Twitter, Vine, YouTube. You cannot get into the algorithm, like, before you quite literally grow organically, getting a few couple dozen views, that turns into a hundred, that turns into a thousand, that turns into ten thousand, like, very organically over time. So, who is clicking on iCarly.com? Who? And it's ten thousand more people than their video on Splashface. Like, they're... And they're it's so... It, they're not it makes even, no sense. They're not even, like, posting to Splashface. Like, they, they didn't even say, oh, we'll, we'll tell our Splashface people to, like, come over here. It's sort of just, like, they deleted the Splashface one, and then iCarly.com, and iCarly.com exists, and everyone's watching it. And then Spencer comes down, and he... It, sorry, I just took a sip of my white claw. She's, like, <laughs> telling me to keep talking. <laughs> I was yawning. And then Spencer comes down and is, like, what are we screaming about? And then they're, like, oh, my God, 37,000 people watched our web, our web show. And Spencer's, like, oh, my baby sister's a web star. Which, keep in mind, this is 2007. This is back when children were literally not allowed on the internet. It didn't, like, being on the internet was a very scary thing. People did not want their children on the internet. You had to hide your MySpace from your parents because they would get mad and make you delete it. Like, the internet was a very scary place, and there was a huge, like, negative connotation with being online. Especially, like, putting your face online and putting your name online, which is why all of us who are old have really cringy like beginnings on the internet yes like my first email was freaky chick 1013 <laughs> mine my first email was brunette girl grl7 and <laughs> worse than that worse than that was my first aim screen name which was x99 percent blonde and i was not i was not blonde like i was very much dark brunette hair as a child okay then why was it blonde <laughs> so like all all the kids used to call my hair like dirty blonde and I hated it so I like played into it that I was a blonde because that's like what my hair color was but it was darker than it is now so it, it, I don't I don't know it was that's just what it was okay <laughs> okay fake blonde noted moving on <laughs> yes <laughs> and oh we didn't even say that Spencer's amazing fashion yes when he came down and was like talking to them he's wearing this shirt and it's like a t-shirt over a long sleeve shirt which now is like cool but back then you just kind of like did it like it, it wasn't really that cool and yeah the shirt has like a spray painted s on it and it has the ultimate 2007 piece of fashion which is a fake screen printed tie on it it's so that is bad. like so retro. Yes, like, I remember like when everyone was wearing shit like that. 
I never had the fake tie stuff, but I had like the like I would really put like a, a little tie on it. Yes, like I was just like Avril Lavigne, like yes, <laughs> and just like waltz around like oh. I got my little tie, like, okay, business attire, what's happening? <laughs> like, I'm cool, I'm gonna bully people, and <laughs> just with my tie. <laughs> and then Sam says that she wants to party to celebrate, and Spencer says, yeah, but it can't be a normal, regular party, it needs to be, quote, and unquote, wonderfully random, which yep. is quintessential 2007 humor, like, randomness was in, and then Carly says, crazy hat party. Like, she knows exactly what he meant by this wonderfully random. She's like, yep, you got it. Crazy hat party. Like, (laughs) and at this crazy hat party in this apartment, there's like 50 middle school kids there. How, (laughs) whose parents are dropping them off at this random 26-year-old's fucking apartment? And how is Spencer cool with like 50 freaking middle school kids at his apartment it's weird also like the tea is that these aren't even like carly's friends because two girls come up to her that she clearly doesn't know and one of them is like a significantly younger child yes and they're like begging for like an autograph from her which old tech alert like again not to be like office lady (laughs) but like no one does autographs anymore like everyone does selfies but that did not exist in 2007 everyone like it was the thing to be like oh I have someone's autograph and then you'd have to like prove that it was actually them but like that's beside the point but like these little girls after one episode of iCarly are like oh my god Carly we're such big fans also note they're not giving Sam any attention they're just talking to Carly yeah and And it's just like so how do these children get in the apartment how do they get invited it doesn't, like, the one, the one girl is like, okay, maybe she goes to school with Carly because she, she looks around the same age as them, but then the other girl, like you said, is literally a child, like, she's so young, so how did she get in? How is she watching this on the internet? I, and she's, like, freaking out, too. She, like, jumps up, can't even contain herself, jumps up on Carly and is like, I love you, Carly, like, they've had one episode. How are they so obsessed already? It doesn't like, make any cares? sense. Yes. And it's like, no one is going to come to us and be like, your show's so cool. We're such big fans. And be like, oh my God, I heard that thing you did. I guess it wasn't <laughs> horrible. Um, I hope that they do. So if anybody wants to do that to me, they don't have to do it to her, but to me, they can. Okay, well, if anyone wants my autograph, you can find me at 316 North Sheffield, Chicago, Illinois, 60650. Anyway, bleeps out for um, legal reasons. <laughs> legal safety? Yes. That's not my real address. Come on by, whoever's apartment that is. We also have to mention the hats that Sam and Carly are wearing. Oh. So, Sam is wearing this huge, like, like comically large hat that's fuzzy and with horns that go way too far down. And Carly's wearing this, like, blue glittery, glittery cowboy hat. It's, it's just, like, a plain glitter cowboy hat. And it's, Okay, well, it's, it's a little brave. It's a little brave because back then the South had not been normalized. That's okay? true. And but now, 
I was it's gonna, post Joanne. <laughs> I was gonna say the cowboy hats are like a moment now where everybody wears them, you yeah. know, out to the bars and stuff. So I guess back then it wasn't like a thing. But it's still like Sam went all out with her freaking hat and Carly just has like a plain cowboy hat. Like, I don't know. I think she well, could do better. First of all, it's not plain, it's sparkly, so I'm with Carly. Okay. Hashtag I'm Hashtag with Carly. I'm with Carly. And you know what? I will stand up for Sam on this one. So we're switching here. I mean, Sam did go harder, definitely, but I'm not going to let you bully Carly. She's literally a child going to a party in her own house. How hard does she have to go? You bring up some points, but Carly, she's going back to the autograph. She's like, wow, I just signed an autograph, and Carly's like, get used to it, Carly. It's a great show. You might get famous. And Carly's like, I don't know if I'm going to like that. Like, yeah, (laughs) you will. You're going to like Who it. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? You're a teenager. Who right. wouldn't? Right. And I also love how Sam's like, yeah, you might get famous. Like, she still is just, like, belittling herself, too, being like, yeah, I'm not a part of this. Literally. Like, Sam is, like, equally a part of it. Freddie is equally a part of it. But, like, Carly is treated like this little icon. Right. When her and Sam are both co-hosts to it, too. Like, okay, maybe Freddie not as much because they don't see him as much. Even though he does a shit ton with... We've gone over that, but still, like, Carly mm-hmm. and Sam co-host it together. It's it's not like Sam isn't in all of the skits. So she, if anything, she would get famous, too. But these two little greasy boys, one of them wears a fedora, and the other one, okay, so you know those, like, old, like, grandpa, like, golfing hats? Like... Okay, well, first of all, watch your mouth, because my grandpa used to wear those, okay? So did mine, and mine still does, so... Okay, flex that your grandpa is still alive a little harder. That's rude. Trigger That's warning. That's very rude. Trigger warning, my grandpa's alive, and I'm sorry if yours isn't, but... Okay, alive grandpa privilege, you have it, and have some respect for those of us with dead grandparents that we miss dearly. R.I.P. to all those. Pour one out to the dead grandpas who wear the golfing hats. Yeah, say his name, Edmund McNaughton. <laughs> he served in World War II. He fought the Nazis. He deserves your respect. Wait, this episode is dedicated to Edward McNaughton. Edward! His name is Edmund! Edmund! This episode is dedicated to Edmund McNaughton. <laughs> Do you want to know something horrible? At his funeral, the pastor, the pastor called him Edward, and my grandma was like, it's Edmund! <laughs> I, I cried so hard. I, I was like, fuck know. this man. I just triggered you so hard. I didn't even know. I didn't even mean to. I'm so sad right now. My grandpa deserves so much better. He worked so hard. Okay, he I'm was so really hard sorry, worker. Edmund. I'll read your story. I'll learn all about you to make up for it. I will. <laughs> um. Anyway, so these swaggy golfing hats in honor of Edmund. <laughs> they come up to the girls and they're like, Hey, saw the web show, um, pretty hot. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it was, it was not hot. Like, <laughs> like, how could a web show be hot? Does anyone think that this show's hot? Let us know. Let us know if you think this is hot. Um, DM us. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually I rewatch iCarly at iOnlyFans.com. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so the girls decide to go dance with these boys um, in the middle of the living room. And it's like dancing very loosely used. 
it's just kind of like them jumping around in the middle of the room. Like, it's it's not really them dancing or anything. But I do think that that's very 2007. Just literally, like, arms by your side, bouncing, bouncing. up and down. <laughs> she do be bouncing. Two feet away from the guy who asked you to dance. <laughs> yes. You can't see it, but she's mimicking what they're doing right now. She's just bouncing. <laughs> I'm just, like, bouncing in my chair for her. <laughs> she's putting on a whole show. <laughs> but, yeah, this is that was, like, literally me in middle school. Like, out of all the middle school dances, like, you just, like, jump around and, like, awkwardly dance. I'm sorry, were you not throwing ass in middle school? Uh, should I have been? <laughs> It's the way I was, like, literally, like, 11, like, throwing ass against some, like, other 11-year-old and being like, um, I gave James a boner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, nobody wanted to throw it back with me because I was severely bullied, so how do you feel about that? (laughs) I'm sorry that you were ugly. Oh my god! That's it, I'm quitting. (laughs) This is so... But that was fucking mean. That was mean. <laughs> um, anyway, podcast ends. <laughs> uh, I have to bring up, though, I have to bring up my favorite child. The Goonies kid makes a comeback in this episode to finish off the episode. He is running around this whole living room with Spencer's freaking naked and in half mannequin that he found. And Spencer is... Which, inappropriate. Yes. Why is there a nude mannequin? And where was it that this child had access to it, too? I don't know. But Spencer is, like, chasing, like, full-blown chasing this child around his his apartment, trying to catch him, yelling, like, get off, she's not for you, put her down, how pitiful, who invited you? Like, as if this grown man could not easily catch this little boy and, like, kick him out of his apartment. It's, like, he was, like, going so hard trying to chase this kid. Like, if I were Spencer, first of all, these kids would never be in my apartment. Right. I would eat them the fuck out. <laughs> Let alone stealing like, their stuff. Like, <laughs> all he has to do is be like, children, leave. Yes. And that's it. But he's just like, yes. Yes. He's- oh, and then it's Carly. It goes back to Carly, like, dancing, jumping next to these boys, two feet away leaving room for Jesus, and then she takes that little blue fucking cowboy hat and, like, throws it up into the air, and, like, the little smile she has is, like, hilarious. It's, like, weirdly nostalgic, but it's happening right now, and that's, like, I feel like that's an iconic scene because it's used in the intro. Yes. And at it, the end. It's so funny, too, because in the scene, they try to make it seem like such a cool moment that she's in the middle surrounded by all these kids and she's like the center of attention and she throws her cowboy off cowboy hat off and screams like woo like she's like it like she's famous now but 
if you watch the scene, it's so fucking uncomfortable. Like, it's so weird. Also, like, have you ever thrown a hat in the air? No! Like, I quite literally graduated from college, did not throw my hat in the air. Okay, I did for that, but not, like, other than that, casually. Like, besides graduation, I've never just been like, let me throw my hat. Like, no. Well, I didn't throw mine away at graduation. I know, you were quirky. You were quirky, so. No, no one at my graduation did it. We all kept our hats on like normal people. No, it's not normal. That's the one time that you're allowed to do it. But pretty much well, it's it's just really funny because they're trying to make it such a cool, like, she's the shit kind of scene. And it's just, like, watching it is really, really uncomfortable because it's just all these, like, middle school kids awkwardly jumping around. And then she's like, woo, out of nowhere. Like, nobody else throws the hat either. It's just her. <laughs> it's, it's so uncomfortable. I cannot stress this enough. But she said, take my hand, stay Joanne. Yes. And that's how the episode one iPilot ends. And then we see the credits rolling after the episode. And they have a video of the computer screen that has a video of this kid. <laughs> it's the first time that we're seeing any of the clips that got sent into iCarly, which... I don't know why they're getting sent in, but anyway, this kid has the most aggressive bowl cut ever. He's sitting at, like, a tiny little table. He's spinning a basketball on his finger. The bowl cut is swaying in the wind. (laughs) And he puts the spinning basketball on a pencil and then on the antenna of, like, the old brick cell phones. And that's... Which old tech alert, old brick cell phone with an antenna. Yes. Like, you cannot do that now. But that is the end of season one, episode one, I pilot of iCarly. It's been a doozy. What a show. Yeah. What a show. There is so much that went into that first episode, and we're definitely going to talk about a lot of it more. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. There's too much to continue to unpack. It's so unhinged. What is going on? It, it's so unhinged. Yes, and we haven't even gotten to Gibby yet, so there's a lot to look forward to. I cannot wait until Gibby gets into this. Like, he is (laughs) the king himself. (laughs) There's so much to say. There's so much to say. There's so much. (laughs) Well, we had a lot of fun going over iCarly with you guys. I'm really excited to keep diving into everything, and make sure you tune in next time. Okay, see you guys next week. Bye. Bye! Don't forget to head to iRewatchiCarly.com to check out cool behind the scenes like what we're drinking, how much we're drinking, our notes, and cool behind the scenes footage. Also, follow us on social media at iRewatchiCarly on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Cersei. You can find me on Twitter at TequilaThought, on Instagram at Cersei.mp3, and on TikTok at Fuckass, F-U-K-K-A-Z-Z. And I'm Natalie. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Natalie R. Collins and on TikTok at The Real Catalie, spelled C-A-T-A-L-I-E. Disclaimer, all views discussed in this podcast are opinions for the purpose of comedy, which includes but is not limited to satire, parody, and critique, and are not meant to represent fact of any of the individuals or involved parties discussed.